podcast of a Lincoln Geek is sponsored by Honey Badger Games, makers of edible gummy dice and meeples, and curators of a wide variety of specialist teas, based here in the UK. Head over to honeybadgergames.co.uk to take a look at their geeky treats. Hello and welcome to Podcast of the Kiki. I'm your host of the podcast, the general, the Dan Face. Uh, you've tuned into our little show, unless it's just gone on awesome play, in which case we thank you for not picking another one, uh, about board games and other geeky stuff. We're branching out a little bit, uh, mainly because some of us have been foolish enough to reproduce and we haven't been doing any games. <laughs> I know. Down. I know, right? I'm joined by my uh, regular friend and regular co-host. We got the Pete, the collector. Say hello, Pete. Hello, Pete. What catchphrase there, Pete? We need to get you that on the T-shirt. Yeah, we do, and I need to get a better. I need to get a better catchphrase as well. One that embraces more of my glorious collection. That those watching on Patreon can see behind me. Mm-hmm. And I someday I need to do a a video tour of my my hallway and my lounge. So people can see we even more do. of my collection. Yeah. Well, from the camera angle, we can see that gradually the uh, number of collections has overtaken the empty wall space. I think it has tipped over. It has tipped over, yeah. I mean, what is it? I, I got my Spider-Man Flanker Pops directly behind me. Uh, I could just about fit two more on the current row, and then outside of that, it'd be, it'd be tip, tipping over. My Dragon Ball Funko Pops, um, um, screw it. You can just, those at home will just about see how high they reach. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I can't really t- get any more in there. Um, it is a case of like, um, so if they announce any more, I am going to have a bit of a difficult time trying to find a new home for them. And of course, my One Piece one's down there, mm-hmm. uh, which I need to really unbox and actually put on display. Um, so yeah, and then of course, you've got all my Dragon Ball figures behind me that are currently in their box. All three yeah. shelves of that bookshelf have got them on display, and the actual figures there are actually taken up there, but running out of space there. I need to unbox those. I can put those behind, put more behind me and then probably take out the one piece Funko Pop so they can actually display them. And then, but then I've got to find a home for all the, for the, all the boxes. You need a bigger <laughs> house to put all I your stuff I do need a bigger house, yeah. <laughs> well, excellent, Pete. So this is a, a, a recap episode. Um, I have discovered that I am kind of the only person that's uh, bold enough or persistent enough to nag people to play games because <laughs> there hasn't been many yeah, games yeah, arranged. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know. You, you are learning the, the mantle of leadership in my yes, absence. Yeah. So I, I, I mean, I've always been the Lancer. You know, I've always, you know, like, you're the leader and you say, hey, Pete, that guy over there needs to be punched. So and I run over there with my big muscles and just absolutely well, lamp the guy. But you are right. I need to take over the leadership role more. Well, this is uh, this is your character arc. This is where it the is. Uh, the usual uh, lead. I mean, it sounds very arrogant, but I am usually the person that um, arranges the games and then nags people to play them. <laughs> and obviously, I I don't have a lot of free time at the minute uh, or energy, which anyone who watches <laughs> Patreon can see from my haggard visage. Um, uh, so I haven't been arranging many games nights. But though we have managed to get a couple of games, well, you have actually. Yeah. You arranged a games night, and I actually yes, managed to tag into one, didn't I? At the end, yes, you did. So, so, so what games did you play this week, then, Pete? Um, the games we played this month, not this week. Um, obviously, we had, of course, our main time fourth... has no meaning anymore, Pete. It's all a blur. Time is an illusion. <laughs> I guess you judge time by how many nappies you change. Exactly. I'm sorry, sorry the distance that. of time between the nappies you change, I should say. Exactly. That's <laughs> the new unit of time. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, uh, what have you been up to this month of May? Um, obviously, we had our May the 4th event at the start of the start of May, which, looking at the date of recording this, I can't believe it's been over a month since then. Just 
the time has just flown by. And obviously, we have talked about this on a, on a few other video, a few other videos, a few other podcasts. So I'm not gonna not gonna talk too much about it. I'm just gonna say that I think the highlight for me was still Star Wars Rebellion, and how Chris managed to empty out the entire Rebel base of all of its troops when Sam and I were literally on the doorstep. We were five minutes away from you know from being un, un, unexpected guests, and then a fantastic victory for the for the for the Empire. I, I still can't not believe that you went through the entire game without a single <laughs> combat, like a four-hour game. Can you imagine, do, you, do you think the films would be that popular if the film called Star Wars didn't have a single <laughs> in it? A, oh. Literally every single conflict, oh, the Empire's gone here, oh, there's no rebels, oh, there's no rebels, oh, oh, there's an empire. <laughs> I guess we'll just win by default. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Crazy times. Well, yeah, we have done it. We have done a separate podcast on uh, May the fourth. Unless you have anything else you wanted to add about it, um, not really. Other than um, I guess we, I think when we discussed this in both May the fourth and the Forbidden series podcasts, mm-hmm. we got to play Forbidden Island in Desert on the hardest difficulty at the suggestion of Chris, which um, ended up being um, ended up being much more difficult than I expected. I mean, we came close to winning in um, in our second attempt at Island. Very, very close to winning, but ultimately the game board uh, was that was still against an extreme us. difficulty. It was, yeah, I think. Wow. Yeah, like I said, I think I think I think I think I said this in a few other times, but we had like maybe half a dozen tiles left on the table, mm-hmm. and I think we just lost one too many key tiles during one turn, and that was it. Game over. Brutal. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, on a related note, we have done a podcast about the Forbidden series. Please check it out if you haven't already. Um, we will be talking about another one soon once the guys get back oh, from yes. the expo, once they manage to report in. So there was one very exciting um, mm-hmm. one I saw them do screenshots of because these lucky, lucky people that managed to go to the expo, they managed to play Forbidden Jungle. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Uh, we were kind of right with our prediction. They did, kind of. They, I mean, uh, when I looked at the title, it's a jungle. What, they've crash landed in a jungle? But no, it's actually a jungle on another planet. So we were uh, quite right. You you went out on, on, on the theme of aliens, though, because I, I was thinking they were going to go the Red Dwarf route and have absolutely no aliens, mm-hmm. which is part of the reason why I suggested the Futurama-inspired um, coldness of whatever well, um, asteroid planet, whatever they landed on. I think your theming was good, though, because it's kind of um, it was humanity against the elements, isn't it? You yeah, got, yeah. Water, or lack of water. <laughs> yeah. Heat in the sequel. And then you've got probably, what would you cast Sky as wind? That's why it's wind and electricity. Cause... The air trying to kill you. Yeah. Or, or storms. I guess you could say storms or, or weather. No weather, because you've got obviously the wind and you've got the lightning. So yeah, yeah, weather. So for the sequel, we suggested in the other podcast, we talked about Forbidden, uh, we called it Forbidden Star. Then. Yeah. I think there's another game probably called that or another property. So they probably couldn't pick that name. Possibly. Um, where you suggested the coldness of space. You have to stay warm, which I thought would have been quite cool. But I do like the idea they've gone with. They've gone with my one instead, which was have aliens popping mm. up and all around around. Even though I did decide to rip off pitch black with like, <laughs> the, uh, with like you have to find light sources to keep the aliens mm. away because they're scared of light. Uh, maybe there's like an eclipse or something. Because that would be... um. That would be in keeping with the very unlucky adventurous that they oh, arrive yeah. on this planet. And there just happens to be an eclipse right at the time when there's some um, uh, aliens that only come out in the dark. That's pretty much the plot of Pitch Black as well, so quite shameless. But uh, they've actually done Forbidden Jungle, mm. which is kind of 
probably more aliens inspired, I'm not sure, because they seem to be eggs that pop into hatchlings and then pop into grown adults, which then try and eat you, I assume. I haven't actually that's, tried it. That's the vibe I got from the prints from the screenshots as well. Obviously, we will, of course, catch it with people, and uh, I've already informed certain family members that I've got my, my Christmas, one of my Christmas presents sorted out. So as soon as pre-orders go live for that, I will either be pre-ordering myself or saying to people, hey, could you, like, pre-order this as soon as possible, please? Nice. I mean, uh, we'll probably have a dedicated episode about the expo, uh, yeah. but I was very envious of some of the pictures they sent me because they also got to play the Last of Us board game, which is something I backed on Kickstarter oh, and played. Nice. Yeah, they did. Yeah, they got to play the prototype of it over there. Nice. Yeah, yeah so very jealous. So I paid good money and they get to play it. I have no idea. There's no justice. <laughs> <laughs> well, aside from May the 4th, Expo, what else have you been up to? You did have one games night, didn't you? Yes, we did. So we got to play Deception Murder in Hong Kong mm-hmm. uh, for the first time in... Actually, I've not seen a very long time, but we did play it on May the 4th. Uh, it was with friends of the channel, um, Liz Buttons, and I forget the fourth person. Anyway, um, this is actually quite good fun. Um, first time me being evil in a very, very long time. I think of the maybe eight, nine games we played, I was evil mm-hmm. in four of them. You just can't um, stop killing people. Just stop killing people. You, see, like, you, you, you don't mind being evil in that game, though, do you? No, I don't mind being evil in that game. Just, just can you give people that aren't aware of the game just a very quick recap? Of sure. What, what do you actually do in um and like what, what's what's the aim of the game and just very basic sure, concept. Of course. So the base basic aim of the game is uh, one player is the forensic scientist and they know who the killer is. Mm-hmm. Um, then effectively every other player who isn't the forensic scientist has to will have four uh, sorry eight cards in front of them four evidence cards and four uh, ki- uh, weapon cards and the aim of the forensic scientist is and the forensic scientist knows who the killer is and they know what their evidence and what their murder weapon is and the aim of the uh, of the of the other other um, players the investigators is to figure out who the the killer is and what the and you will get loyalty cards at the beginning, yes. don't you? So yeah, you've got, the, you've got the scientist, which is separate. Uh, you can either shuffle the card in or make someone volunteer to be the scientist. And everyone else gets a loyalty card, which says they're either an investigator or the murderer. Hmm. There's other roles if you play with expansions, but we'll just keep it with the base game. And uh, the murderer points out, like you said, they've got clues and weapons, and they point out to the scientist while everyone else has got their eyes closed how they killed the victim and what clue they left at the scene. Hmm. Is that right? And then they all go back to normal. And the scientist has to basically try and uh, indicate to the other players which is the murder weapon and which is the clue. And the obviously the actual murder will be trying to mislead them. Is that about yes. right? Yes. So, so the uh, the investigators basically will, will draw cards from a deck that effectively says mm-hmm. like time of the day, location, yeah. and like other sort of like clues. Those are the ones that they're guaranteed to draw. And you've got like a deck of like orange cards that can be helpful or can lead people down the wrong path like sometimes they could be because um, they're all random they could be absolutely perfect or it's like what was the killer's motivation i don't know um they were jealous of the person's fantastic hairdo they really wanted that person's jumper i don't know and, and you have to use the clue even if you don't want yes to know, yeah you have to use the clue so you're giving like an option of six things so it could be power greed mm. lust or money or something and you have to put a little token on which one of those words fits the crime the best mm. and quite often none of them apply but you have to put something down. And one of the key things is the scientist isn't allowed to talk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so they're not allowed to go, ignore this one. They have to put <laughs> they have to put a clue down anyway. Uh, this is one of the games that's weird. I think it's actually 
easier to play online rather than in person. Yeah. Because when I'm in person and I'm the scientist, it's really hard to hide my facial expressions because mm-hmm. you just have to sit quiet while the coppers are talking themselves and they could be so close to the right answer, but then they just go completely on the wrong path. I'm like, mm. just yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, no, go back. <laughs> <laughs> I think there was one time we were playing, I think they were so close to catching me. I think you were the forensic scientist. And then I think you put down a new clue and yeah. suddenly we went off on a massive, massive tangent. And I was there just completely going, Oh, for you, they're off yeah. my, they're off my back now. And you're probably swirling up a storm. <laughs> I, I literally mute myself because uh, mm. uh, we play over Discord on Tabletop Simulator, but we chat over Discord. Uh, so if I'm the scientist, I'll give my clues, I'll mute because then they can't hear the screams of frustration. <laughs> 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 um, uh, yeah, it's it's a fun game. I do like yeah. it. And uh, to cover an earlier point, it is one of the games I find it's easier to be the bad guy on. Yes, it's less less scary because you don't have to make up random stuff. You can just mm. you can kind of miss. Uh, you could pick a weapon uh, from your list that has the same kind of death type or murder yes. type as another person. So you, you could pick something. Oh, they they got stabbed. So uh, I'm going to pick knife here, but I'll I'll select they died by the knife. So yeah. that that uh, if the scientist then puts all oh, they died by blood loss, that might push them onto someone else's card that's maybe got like an axe or something. Yeah, or, yeah, exactly. Or a syringe, that kind of thing. I think the only thing I'll say is you've got to be got to be mindful of the causes of death because I think in one of my games I think I chose oh, what was it? I think it was drug overdose. Yeah. And I thought, oh, that classified. That, that probably I thought I, I hadn't had a good look at uh, at the list, and I thought, oh, that probably classifies as illness um, or poisoning. No, I think it's poisoning. And I saw someone else had uh, illness, and I thought. It always kind of counts as poisoning, I guess. And another person had like had like illegal drugs, and I thought that definitely classifies as illness as well. Okay, cool, I, I'm sorted. Then I looked, and then once the game actually started, I looked again, and you had um, disease illness. So I obviously ruled out the, uh, the, the the plague one that I saw, and I was like nuts. And then I saw accident, which of course is perfect for overdose, and I'm like yeah. double nuts. Okay, they're probably going to be they're probably going to be on, on my case. But yeah, there have been quite a few times where like you, I'll choose like say a bludgeoning weapon because half the other table all got a bludgeoning weapon. Yeah. Um, and who do you pick? Because it's not just a case of and even even if they even if they get onto me, there's no guarantee they'll get it because every player has to turn in their badge to say I think it was Dan um, with the nightstick and he left behind uh, a book, for example. Yeah. And you can say, oh, um, and that's the correct one. But someone can say, oh, well, Dan left behind a business card or he left an invite for a hotel. And, of course, the forensic scientist can't go, two of the three is right, guess the third and you, and you got it. It's just a case of, no, that's not correct. Mm-hmm. And that can really, really throw people off. Like, if you think you've got the right person, um, but like I said, you get told no, you might go, oh, well, I guess it's not that person then. That was a complete red herring. I'll go look at the other side of the table. And like Dan said, it, it makes being evil a bit easier if you paid close attention to the board and didn't do what I did <laughs> and actually know what uh, what could be used against you. Well, you got away with a few of the murders, didn't you, last yes. night? Oh, the last game's time. Yeah, yeah like I said, I was killer four times, nearly five, because um, I think one of the players dealt out the cards to, to, uh, to Han. But the way TTS works is just I think just dealt it out like like to like, like spaces I think from like the right of that person. So it went to one of the unoccupied spaces. I thought, oh. I'll go grab that card from there, grabbed it, pulled it out, not only was it the murder card, it was face up. <laughs> and if, now I don't know how many people actually saw that, but I basically went, oh nuts. And basically said, let's let's reshop, we'll do it from scratch. Um but yes, I think the first time we played, um I think I chose like bamboo and I can't remember something else. And the the options that came up, everyone was like, 
it's Pete. It's Pete with bamboo. It's with this. Like literally, it didn't even last a minute because someone just said, "Throw in my badge." It's Pete. It's this. It's this. And the friends of Santa were like, "Yep, yeah, I think I think it's a record. I think I think that's on par with being caught on night one as Jack." So uh, I had to hang my head in shame for that. Click clue one. They found you. Yes, uh, I did tune in uh, for the last game about that yes. when, when the baby was finally asleep. <laughs> I managed to jump on with the caveat that I'm really sorry if I have to disappear again. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Thankfully, he stayed asleep. <laughs> uh, I think Gregor was the other person we were playing with. I just Gregor, yes, it was Gregor. Sorry, Gregor. Because I managed to catch one of his psychic predictions. He was just like, pick the. Uh, yeah, I yeah. Can't I think, remember who the killer was. So it was Liz. I think that might mean me. Oh, no, no, no. It was Liz. It was Liz because I think I, I was barking at the Gregor truth. Yeah, I think I, I caught the end of the Liz game where she was mm. the killer. I mean, before we talk about deception the whole time, I think we've probably got a spotlight on it, haven't we? Um, have we? I, I'm not sure if we haven't. If we have, we, we definitely should have one. Oh, we should uh, have one. Yes, I, I, I love that I'll game. end with. Um, just saying like i do love the game it's really good it's a nice light bluffing mm -hmm. game as well um it's also fun to kind of make little stories about how the mm -hmm. crime happened i mean we don't do it very often but i like to um visualize the crime as well like i remember one where liz uh she was the killer and she picked poison and i think lollipop as her clue. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so the scientist i can't remember if it was me or not but i put the victim as like a child so i just i did an image of liz going around giving poison lollipops to children and that just became a running gag or it might have been a, it might have been an acid lollipop was that it I can't acid, remember, to be honest. Yeah, it was something, it was something like that. Uh, See, when you say acid lollipop, the first thing that went in my mind was the drug. Like, she'd been dipping lollipops in the acid <laughs> drug, <laughs> and then just gave it to kids, and they'd been licking that and getting completely high, no, uh, almost no. cocaine bear's level of high, but... Nothing is as high as cocaine bear. Nothing is as high as cocaine bear. Oh, massive tangent, i got to say. When I was in H&V yesterday, uh, I saw that's out on DVD, and it comes with an alternative ending. So I might have to buy that and watch that because I'm very interested on the is it where the bear survives and just goes on like a little bit of a rehab afterwards? I don't uh, know. I'm curious <laughs> to know what they can do because um, Cocaine Bear, for those of you who haven't, haven't or that aren't following it, is a schlocky um, B movie horror film about uh, based on a natural real life event where a I think um, a, a drug a packet of cocaine fell in front of a bear and a bear ingested it. And it didn't last very long because it ate, ate, what, like a good kilogram or two of cocaine. But for the first 15 or so minutes it was alive, it was considered to be the most apex predator <laughs> on recorded history ever. And I think in the film, it lasts more than 15 minutes and eats a fair number of people. Uh, I guess they need, 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 need something to help help soak up all the cocaine in their system. Like when you have a, have a kebab on, after yeah, a like night a kebab out. after a night. Exactly, yeah. It's not, it's not the healthiest option, but you just kind of crave it. when you. <laughs> but yes, that's definitely a film I need, I need to watch at some point, just because I have a feeling it's going to be a bit too body horror for my taste. Uh, some people mm. know, but I'm not um, dismemberment to me um, most of the time just has me screaming um, and covering my eyes. Meanwhile, I'll be there with my popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yes, definitely a film I'm going to get for my collection just because premise alone. Uh, I think someone described it as being basically like Sharknado levels of absurdity. So I've got to. Yeah, same. You know, I can imagine there'll be loads of sequels. Yeah, I mean, although I was saying that actually, no, I mean there might be actually from what what I've been told, because uh, I was I was in I was chatting about it with some friends in the Discord call yesterday. I heard one thing about it, so possibly we'll see. Maybe, well, maybe they'll do that. different animals. Just going to fiction, they Ooh, can have a cocaine yes. badger. Cocaine see, I was badger. thinking cocaine deer. Like imagine like see a deer just because like deers are. Who's the tag? Who's the prey now? Just kind of <laughs> yeah. To get to get back on topic, so we played the one kind of board games that that, that was the only board mm. game I played this week. I didn't even play any kids board games. <laughs> oh no, I did play Guess Who. 
I did play Guess Who. Oh, nice. How did that go? We got Guess Who from the charity shop, kind of introducing Dylan to some kind of of family games, which he quite likes. Uh, Yeah, it was fine. Just Guess Who. Uh, It's Mm. um, a more modern version. It's one where um, the one I played, you only had ever the people on it like the same but this one you could kind of uh take out the piece of paper from the inside like you, there's like a little envelope slot and you, you had animals one side and people the other side so you can oh, have like, cool. like cartoony animals that kind of thing so yeah yeah it was fine it was guessy <laughs> um what else have i done this month that just to record for the annuals um what else have I played? Just a lot of video games, I'm afraid. Just waiting for a baby to go to sleep. Uh, mm. <laughs> playing video games. I've been working through the Infamous series, which is pretty good. I have uh, finally completed the uh, Infamous First Light. So that's... Um, I've played all of the games. The only thing I've actually missed is the um, uh, the DLC from Infamous 2. The vampire one, right? The vampire one, yeah. yeah. That's, that's quite hard to get hold of on PS4. Yeah. Uh, if I find anything I could wish for a remaster, I would love the original Infamous and the Infamous 2 as a remaster. That would be awesome. It's one thing I'm kind of disliking about the, I think, the online only that video games seem to be going in, as well as the lack of backwards compatibility, is mm-hmm. there are so many good games out there that once the relevant store has gone down, uh, that's it, you can't access it. I mean, Nintendo is pretty notorious for this. Um, so I think there was a really, really good remake of one of the uh, Game Boy, OG Game Boy Castlevania games. Mm-hmm. Uh, the game, it's, the original game itself was meant to be not very, very good, but the remake was just considered to be an absolute fantastic, like fixed everything. It was released on the uh, the Wii Shop, I forget what it was actually called. And then when that went down, boom, game gone. It's not available anywhere else. Uh, not even the Castlevania collection that came out, what, 2018 has it on there? Should have been a perfect time to re-release it, but but yeah, and I think there's there's so many other games out there that get locked on a certain console. Um, yeah, Persona is, is a fantastic is a fantastic example of this because uh, Atlas has a tendency to sort of like remix and re-release Persona games multiple times. Mm-hmm. Uh, Persona Three, there's three versions of it. You got base Persona Three. Uh, Fez or Fes, I don't know. I think mm-hmm. the answer is Fez, which is basically Persona Three, but with like this uh, additional chapter at the end. And then right. you got what's called uh, Portable, where they remade it for the PSP, turned it to more of a visual novel because they couldn't quite capture the open world thing. And they introduced uh, what what fans call the C or the female main character because. Main characters do technically have, have names, but they're like non-canon. You have to Google it, sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And she has a completely different story route. Um, I think all of her social links, which is basically like the, the NPCs you can bond with, including your party members, are different. She has oh, okay. obviously got different romance options because she's a woman. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's a few other things as well that's different. And Portable was recently ported to, mod, to modern systems, but base P3 and particularly Fez mm-hmm. are not available. Uh, I think maybe one of them was available on the PS3 backwards compatibility store. But if you don't have access to that, unless you want to yarhar and go online, you cannot play either version of Persona 3. That is tricky, yeah. And it's the yeah. downside with uh, digital-only yeah. copies of your game, isn't it? Because I've got like... Um, I've been saying this, I have spotted it's back in the PS store, but Scott Pilgrim, I had a little side yes. scroll. I had the side-scrolling... Um, uh, beat him up for Scott Pilgrim, like pixelated two D one. It's really cool. Played it a lot with my friends. Yeah, back, I remember back that. when I was uh, young and single and free <laughs> and full of life and vitality. Uh, we used to play it all the time. Um, and then I think that that's on my PS3, but they kind of removed it from the store. I don't know if they had some licensing problems. It was licensing. The license yeah. expired. And uh, so, uh, but I could, so I could never delete it. I just this mm. copy. Of, uh, and then when I changed console, I just just. <laughs> had uh, memories of this game and, you know, yeah. never got around to play again. But it's actually back on the PS Store now. 
it's been back since 2021 i think it is oh well i'm way behind the curve then. <laughs> <laughs> I, and i remember i remember specifically buying it because i remember playing it with you guys and i actually remember this was like right, right back to, i think during like the 2020 2021 lockdown like the second or third one and i remember playing in the scott pilgrim game alone in, in, my, in my place and honestly feeling really really miserable because I was playing this game that, you know, a bunch of us would just sit around doing multiplayer or throw a banter around or just be drinking or playing it. Loads of fun. And then just be playing that game by myself. It's like that scene in Red Dwarf where Alistair reminisces on all his friends and, yeah. like, and like the scene just sat in the empty bar. It felt like that. Yeah, it was really, really felt like that. So, but yeah, but yeah, buy it. Um, I keep it on your PS4 because I think, what is it? I think there was a DuckTales remaster that came out 2020, sorry, 20, um, 2013, there we go, getting the dates wrong. And I think that got delisted, and I, I made sure to buy it, because I know it was with Steam, once you've got it in your library, even if it's delisted, you should still access it, which is how it should be, in my opinion, but massive tangent. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Well, I mean, I've just seen it, because I've got uh, the PS Extra tier or something, so mm. basically I've got like a big game library. You, don't, you never actually own the games, so if they yeah. remove them from the library, it disappears off your machine. Um, but I find it really useful just kind of, cherry pick mm. a game that i think oh i could play that for a bit i tend to go for the more story based games um just something just a bit of escapism just while i'm rocking a baby to sleep i can just watch a story um yeah it's, it's been good yeah um video games aside um not a lot to report this month apart from i've spent more money as a result of one of our other podcasts uh <laughs> where i um i've done a, a late pledge for uh the guys that make salem i think for sad games Oh, they did yes. like they've done like a new one which is uh, based in Hollywood. It looks really fun multiplayer wise, and it's also got a single player mode. So I'll check it out. And Ooh. also, one of the add-ons is a little index book which you can fit all the spare tokens in. So I'll finally be able to sleeve <laughs> the cards and shut the box. <laughs> um, I, I, it's one of those games now, and I, I might have been hanging out with you too much, Pete. It's one of those games <laughs> where I'm buying just because they look cool on a shelf. Yeah. Um, along with the Final Girl stuff, I've bought more of them. Um, it might be a while before I get to play them. Uh, but I, I've got them just because they look so cool. Cause they kind of sound like VHSs. Yeah. And I actually, something cool I bought by accident, I got the Playmax. I saw it was relatively cheap online. Uh, and it came in a box that looked like a VCR player. <laughs> it's amazing. That is so, so cool. So I've got the VCR player on the bottom, and then I've got the actual game boxes on the top. It just looks like a, you know, a bunch of VCRs and a VCR player. It's brilliant. Mm-hmm. Very nostalgic. Oh, yeah. And honestly, uh, buying this to complete a collection is something that I'm quite guilty of because mm-hmm. um, I'm a big fan of Masters of the Universe, as I keep saying, and I love their Origins toy line because it's very much inspired by the figures I grew up with. My original plan was just to get He-Man, Skeletor, variants of them, and the two villain figures I remember having as a kid. Mm-hmm. But then I thought, well, in some continuity, Skeletor is actually the brother of King Randor, so I might as well get King Randor. And if I get King Randor, <laughs> I have to get Clamp Champ, because Clamp Champ is King Randor's bodyguard. But then if it's I get a slippery Clamp slope. It's exactly, a slippery. it's a slippery slope. And like now I've basically got m- well, most of the key villains, most of the masters, and like the Snake Men, I was just going to get a handful of them. Now I've got all of them. Well, I mean, I had a bit of a collector dilemma the other day. I was chatting to you on a Discord about it. <laughs> that there's only one box set from uh, um, Series 1, Season 1. Uh, final girl that I haven't got, mm-hmm. but it's got really bad reviews. So I'm like, it, should I buy it? I mean, I'm buying it to play it because I'll probably never want to play because I've just got the better games. Mm-hmm. Or, or am I buying it to complete the set? Even though I'm not really a, a collector. That's your job, Pete. Mm-hmm. <laughs> see, I'm thinking you should buy. I mean, on the plus side, see if you can find it cheap on eBay. If you can yeah, find a second-hand one cheap on eBay, in good condition, of course. I mean, I don't want to yeah. slap out thirty quid for a game I'm never going to play. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I think. Um, also, 
uh, anyway, that's pretty much it for me for my recap. Uh, so, Pete, do you want anything you want to chuck out to, for the recording? So I've got one, um, as people know, I'm a big fan of anime and manga. And there's this, this uh, anime series that came out about this time last year that's been really, really highly raved called Spy Family. I'm just holding up the vol- volume one of the manga for those at home. And you can see Dan's reflection in, in the silky, um, glossy <laughs> cover. Um, there's a, a series I briefly mentioned last month, in last month's uh, recap, based mostly on what I've seen in the trailer. But the general premise is the... Um, the character on the front is the titular spy. Uh, his actual code name is Twilight. We don't know his real name, but he goes by the alias uh, Lloyd Forger. I'm going to pronounce it. Uh, the series itself actually has a really, really cool um, 1950s uh, German Germany type vibe to it. Okay. Um, like he's talking about this, this like war between like the uh, the east and the west, very very much, and implies that's the implication I get. The architecture itself is really really beautiful, but effectively he's a spy who's uh, main job is maintaining world peace so children do not cry. That's okay. his sort of his gimmick. And he's assigned the um, operation to get close to a political figure who's a recluse, and the only way you can really get close to him is through is through his, through his son. Okay. By having Because his son goes to this very, very um, posh school. Mm-hmm. So the protagonist is told, right, you've got one week to enroll your kid into this school. And he's, he's a bachelor. And, 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 and as I'm sure you know, it takes more than one week to generate a child. They take about nine months printing. Yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> so he ends up adopting a child, uh, unaware that this child is psychic. So well, she starts. That would be, reading... be very handy in a, the spy field. Do you think that? But that's the beauty of the series. Is, and of course, then he forms a, a fake marriage with uh, with a woman who's an assassin. So you've got these three people who are all keeping a secret from each other. You've got um, Lloyd keeping the fact he's a spy from his uh, wife and child. You've got the wife, Yor, keeping the fact she's an assassin from her husband and daughter. And you've got this daughter that's read both of their minds. She knows what both of them are. She thinks it's absolutely fantastic. <laughs> but she can't let know that no, she's read their minds and she knows what, they, what they're up to. And this is really, really fantastic, found family, very, very wholesome story. Um, like the impression I got from Lloyd at the start is that he's only doing this for the mission to the point of uh, as soon as this mission is done, is he going to abandon them? And obviously, like Anya, who's uh, the daughter, who's an orphan, she's you know, she's wants a family. She's like latched onto these two, and it's almost like, is he going to abandon them and like break this little girl's heart? And over time, you can see them starting to form a really, really close bond. Like I've only read the first volume, and I've got the second one on order. Uh, honestly, I would love to. I'd love to love you to watch it because obviously, being a parent yourself, I really do feel like and you might recognize a lot of like the traits of a young child in how Anya acts. For example, at one point. Um, Lloyd is thinking to himself, oh, I've got to bond with this child for the sake of world peace. And she overhears that and she turns to him and says, uh, Anya likes peanuts and she hates carrots. And he just looks at her and goes, what? Or there's this one scene where I think he takes him out to a fancy dinner and he's like, Anya, stop eating the nuts. Eat the whole food or just stuff like that. It just makes me sort of think of, of you and, and your kids. Yeah, that um, sounds familiar. <laughs> there's also one funny scene where um, where because because they need to like pass this test to sort of, like, get Anya into this school. And so now that he's got this this fake marriage, like he says, okay, the three of us should go out for just for a nice little day on around pottering around where we live. And like Anya asks Yor if she can hold her hand, and she's and you know, the mother's very very happy to do that. Then she remember, then she thinks about this time when she accidentally um, found her younger brother so cute that she killed him and broke her rib, broke his ribs. Sorry, Anya has this shocked look on her face, and then just pulls her hand away and just sort of just sort of just slightly moves away from her, which. Like I said, really, really enjoyed the series. Um, the 
actually, it's actually like I said, quite a grounded manga as well. Because I mean, Yor and uh, Lloyd, I think it's pronounced it, are both superhuman to a degree. Like they're experts in their field. Like there's a scene where um, uh, purse snatching happens. Uh, Yor basically jumps down from where she is, like like on like, like quite high up, to try and catch the guy, but fails to do so. Um, Lloyd then tries manages to track him down. Um, not realizing, like, like he tries to find him in a crowd, can't see him. Then, like Annie says, "Oh, oh, Papa, I want to go to that bakery." He's like, "But we just ate." Looks where she's pointing and sees the uh, the purse snatcher. Obviously, Anya found him through her psychic abilities, and he basically just leaps down, grabs the guy, and just face plants his face right into the concrete, uh, which is really, really good. I really, really like that. And I think that's one point when, like, at the end of the chapter, like they're talking about the day, and so like Anya, uh, what did you, what, what, you know, tell tell people what lovely memories? Like, oh, I went went outside with my parents, and we went to the opera, and my dad face planted the guy into the ground, and he's like, don't say that part, don't say that part. <laughs> Well, that sounds pretty funny. Yeah, there, are some, cool, there are some cool stories out there. So yeah, that's yeah. A nice, nice recap. Thank you, Pete. Um, I think we've pretty much hit our time box, yeah. really. So, and that we can wrap it up there. Unless there's any quick shout outs you want to check out for anything else, mate. Other than, well, actually, no, there's one little shout out. I'm going back to the, to my Origins collection of figures. I've managed to buy uh, four different incarnations of Skeletor over the last <laughs> month. Nice. Um, I need to have heavily rework my display now because the one is kind of busting at the seams, and I'll have to. Uh, I need to. I need, I need to spend some time because I've not unboxed them. Because it's like, well, if I unbox them, I'm going to put them on display. But where do I put them? Because I've got to move other figures to make way for them, and it's basically decisions. Just, decisions. It's more more a game of Tetris trying to arrange them all properly. <laughs> Don't get them in a perfect line, or they disappear. Perfectly. Exactly. Yeah, that's why they're all slightly off. They're not like uh, my brain goes, but they're not parallel with each other. But you are right. If they do get, if they are parallel, they might all disappear. And that's a that, lot that, of money. That, that'd I don't be very away. expensive. That'd be very. Well, yeah. that, sounds, that, that sounds cool, Pete. Well, it's always fun to chat to you. So thanks oh, yes, for that. Uh, we're going to we're going to wrap it up there. I'll do, uh, we, we're missing the pluggers these days, so it's down know, to uh, down to the amateurs to plug the site. You know our website by now. It's uh, dolg.co.uk or dailylinkandgeeks.com. I think I got the .com and the .uk in the right order there. Yes, it could have been the other way around. Could have been the other way. Around. I don't know. We're also available on all the different social medias. Chris does all that stuff. There's Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, TikTok all that kind of thing and i just deal with the discord so if you want to chat to me jump on the discord (laughs) (laughs) well thank you very much again for talking and uh thank you at home for listening Uh, if you want the dog doing the dishes whatever you're doing thank you for listening to our little show about board games and other random stuff um as always see you later and keep playing games bye keep keep going bye